Hey guys, this is Ivana. And I'm Derek. And this is Till Kingdom, Til Kingdom Come. Come. Welcome to, to part two. Yes. You want to go ahead and introduce it? This is part two of the prophecy of Zechariah. <laughs> Derek's in a mood, guys. Um, so if you did not see the last episode, we have Kayla Greer and Caitlin Cook, and we're talking about prophetic words, hearing from the Lord, stewarding your dreams. They are my personal prophets. <clears throat> um, and they're amazing. And so we're asking them questions. And if you have not watched the one previously and want to hear about hearing from the voice of the Lord, then make sure you do that. Okay, so I have known um, Caitlin and Kayla pretty much since they moved to Dallas. One for Braveheart and one for a Jesus. Um, Jesus, both for Jesus, but with the purpose of specific places. And they both have these miraculous testimonies about like, man, just leaving everything behind, family, friends, selling everything and coming. And so what is something that you would tell someone uh, that is in the midst of like making a decision as to like, hey, I feel like the Lord called me somewhere and I, ha- I have to leave everything and I'm scared and how am I going to make money and just like an encouragement that you have found in that. I'll let Kayla go first on this one. <laughs> I was hoping you would go first. Um, an encouragement, I would say that if the Lord told you to go, you'll know. You'll know that you're supposed to go. It's not going to be this thing that you have to limbo with. You're going to be convinced in your spirit that this is something that you have to do, um, that you have to follow through on, that you have to follow him through with. Um, and you don't have to make everything happen, but knock on doors. If you if you don't have any connections there, but you... So I'll just give an example. I moved from a small country town to Dallas. I didn't really know anyone. Um, But I found out, I went and visited the church, and I found out they had a Facebook page for people that were needing housing. And so I went on that place, and I said, hey, I'm moving this state. I need housing. Um, And God provided in that way, and then he opened up many doors through that me knocking on one door. Um, for me to get a job, for me to find community. The things that were, that didn't feel like necessarily that housing situation didn't feel like God opened up the sky and said, this is where you're supposed to live. I really didn't know, but I knew that this was provision, this was a place to stay. Um, and God's God's will is something you have to fight to get out of. It's not something that you find yourself out of. It's something you would have to make a conscious decision to do something that he's asking you not to do. That's so good. And so this house opened up, and so I said yes, and then the Lord opened the door for that. But then every other door that was from him, I didn't have to make happen. They came to me. Um, once I, it, Bill Johnson says that we, we think that waiting is sitting and waiting for the promise to come to us, but waiting actually means to set up, set up wait, to like set an ambush. And so sometimes you need to put position yourself for the promise. And so mm. I positioned myself by getting myself to Dallas. Well, um, with no money. With no money. You had the, sold everything. The Lord asked me to sell everything. Mm-hmm. I sold everything. I kept only what I could fit in my car. Uh, my spiritual parents thought I was crazy. They gave me a little foam mattress. That's what I slept on for 
two months, and I had everything I needed. I didn't wasn't necessarily living in luxury, but I had everything that That's I needed. Good. Yeah. Caitlin. Caitlin. Um, like I discovered the community in Dallas at Upper Room um, through a conference, and just like tasted the Lord, the presence of the Lord, and was like, that's where I want to be, and like Kayla said, like, you'll know it's from him, like, he'll give you the grace and the peace, and another practical thing, like, in that season is, like, inviting mentors in, inviting friends into your process, because if that's accessible to you at the time, um, I know that, and there are different stories, but, um, that really helps, like, you feel not so alone in it. And um, it also invites, like, guidance and correction in a way. Because I've ex- also experienced, like, the other side of it where I'm like, I feel like the Lord is saying this. And then um, it just didn't happen. It wasn't him, you know, like, and I missed it. And um, But I had people around me, mentors who, like, even my parents were speaking into that time and, um, it just required faith the whole time, trusting the Lord with your life and um, laying down expectations is like really important in those seasons because, yes. yeah, you can That's start huge. to like get anxious and like look inward, like what we were talking about. Um, and that's that's that puts you in a hole and you don't really know how to get out of that. Yeah. Um, but the Lord is faithful, um, yes. which is why it's important to invite other people into it so they can help pull you out, you know, in those times. But for me, I, um, it required a lot of waiting, um, waiting to the point where it seemed like really foolish to the world. Um, and I think in seasons like that, it, it will look like that, like a lot of the time. And that's hard. And it'll it'll kill fear of man. Yeah. Like it'll kill that, like the approval of man in your life, like whether it's supposed to be a job or like being in college or Mm -hmm. like like Derek and I having it all together before we get married, we're obviously like, well, um, Mm -hmm. but it's just what the Lord is telling you. Yeah. And it's really just like with the laying the expectations down, um, giving your heart over to the good shepherd, like Mm -hmm. really coming to know, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, Lord. I just feel this is from you. This is where you're leading because I want to be where you are. Like you're not getting to, a destination for the sake of a destination. Yeah. You're getting there because you're going with the good shepherd who's gone before you. Um, and if you're in that perspective, then you'll see his provision. You'll see his hand in it, even if really nothing's like happening around you. Um, yeah. So really <laughs> I don't really know how to end, the, end that question. That's so good. Mm-hmm. So a good question to follow up with that would mm-hmm. be, um, I was talking to a gentleman today and he was at a Maranatha conference last year. And I believe Aaron Smith got on the stage and said, raise your hand if you're in a season of waiting. Mm-hmm. And he said about two-thirds of the room raised their hand. Mm-hmm. And it grieved him because he understood that though we're in one of, like Upper Room is one of the most influential churches in the world right now, mm-hmm. that two-thirds of the community... Also, knowing that that's not the whole community, there's obviously people that fly in for that. Mm -hmm. But that almost two-thirds of the community um, had this approach of 
being grieved. Like two thirds of the room were grieved. And like, so the joy and the excitement and all the things that are supposed to come with a person who lives in Christ, with Christ in them, there should be a lot more excitement to their life. Mm. But it was just like that moment triggered something in two thirds of the room. And now waiting could be so many different things, right? Like some people were waiting on a spouse. Some people are waiting on a job or a move. So rather than trying to define what the waiting is, I think a good thing to talk about would be, because you, you touched on it, Caitlin, it was there are things that I waited on that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so what is essentials for the believer to live as a believer while in the wait? Because... If John 16 is telling us as the local believer, right, the everyday average believer, that the world will know that he was sent through us, then there's something that we must be in consistence or we must be so consistent with light and mm. with joy and with wonderful expectation that no matter where we are, like that we would see, uh, that people would see him. So what are some practicals? while in the waiting that you guys can give our audience because i think this would be really key mm -hmm. if so many people are going through this right now Absolutely. been there done that. done that doing that doing that <laughs> and i don't want anything i say to sound like i do what i'm about to say i strive to do what i'm about to say because granted it is one of the hardest things um mm laying your life down and taking and putting on Christ is a daily battle. Yes. And it is it is not for the faint. It's for the faithful. And faithfulness is hard. Um I think one of the biggest things I've learned with waiting and with feeling grieved but also wanting to be a light on a hill a city set on a hill, and to look look like Jesus while I'm in the waiting and while I don't have a promise is the number, is, is sim like bringing everything down to simplicity. Why am I alive? Why, why did God create me? It's not for the promises that he's given me or spoken over my life. It's not for the destiny that he has for me. It is simply because... God made me because he loves me and he wants me and he and 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 I want to know him and to love him back. Those are the those that's it. That's, that's all you need to be successful in life. But then then God is so beautiful that he adds promises and he gives us work and he gives us he gives man meaningful work and he lets women dream. And not that Women can't work and men can't dream, but that's somewhere in the Bible. But God, God's so beautiful that he's made us this way to where he's knit, knit us to be creative, to, to do and, and to work and to dream and to build. Um, but while you're waiting for that promise, you can get grieved because you so desperately want it. And one of the things I've learned is hopelessness takes the joy out of obedience and that's also a Bill Johnson quote. Mm -hmm. I love Bill Johnson. We love him. We love him. Um, love him. 
<laughs> I was going to say he's my spiritual father. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. Um, yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> you watch enough sermons. Yeah, you know. Um, he's my spiritual father. But what, what that means, what hopelessness Hope is the joyful. This is also this is this this is verbatim a Bill Johnson's <laughs> own. You're welcome, but it's hope is the joyful expectation of good, and do we have hope in the Lord? Do we have joyful expectation that God has good planned for me in my life? Um, and that should always be yes. But it doesn't always feel that way. But we're not led by our feelings. We're led by faith, and so it's a constant death to feelings in that season of grief and waiting. Um, and so I put my hope in God, who renews my strength, who has good for me. And when I do that, it produces a joy in me in the waiting. Joy does not have to look like laughter and smiling all the time. It can just ha- be an inner confidence in the character of God. And so it's not something maybe everyone will see, but it's something that you know is there, and your faith in God will carry you through. Um, even when the promise is not in your hands. And then you'll find yourself delightfully fulfilled in the waiting, Mm. not having a promise in your hand, but really enjoying the presence of God Mm -hmm. um, in the mundane. And that everyone that is hearing this will experience that. There's going to be mundane. There's going to be... This is is a season everyone will go through. That's good, Kiana. She answered it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, she hit that on the head. I would Thank also say worship. <laughs> worship. <laughs> so I think our final question before we close, and we should probably close soon because we're at like at 15 minutes, is um, what is one practical and spiritual thing that you would tell listeners and viewers to be like, hey, get ready, the king is coming, like something that you could do right now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Wow, the king is coming. Whoa. I mean, when he comes, we're going to be like him. And becoming like him, we have to look at him and to know him. So I think it's really just like submitting yourself to knowing him like all your days. Like looking for him, seeing him, and you'll find him, you know like seek my face like you wouldn't say that unless we were gonna find him you know mm-hmm. eternal life is knowing god and god has given that ability to us that gift to us through jesus um and knowing him i would say is yeah reading the word <laughs> i keep going back to the word i'm like that. it is the word That's because it. it says heaven and earth will pass away but the word of God will endure forever. And, um, and that's eternity. So I'm like, okay, I need to learn the word of God and like practice Mm -hmm. what it's saying, live out what it's saying because it's in me. Um, but it's a matter of like walking in it too. And, um, waiting for that day. I think that's the practical thing is reading the word of God, expecting him to return. Knowing him now. Knowing him now. Mm. Knowing him then. Knowing him then. That's knowing good. him always. Come on. Kayla. Come on. This is preparing for... The one piece of advice preparing for the king. Have an insatiable hunger for the fear of the Lord. 
Okay. Mic drop. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Amen. That's it. Yeah. That's really good, guys. Well, dang, now I feel like I want to unpack the fear of the Lord, but we'll do it at another time. <laughs> we love you guys. We are so grateful. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Kayla. Um, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, share, comment, all the things, all the things on all the things. Babe, I don't think you're in the shot. Um, we love you guys, and dark. we will see you next week. Bye. Later. Bye.